0: Hey guys, this is Jacob Goff, editor of the St. Francis Herald and candidate for St. Francis County Recorder of Deeds with the Libertarian Party, and today I'm starting a news show segment uh, where I'm going to walk down the street and buy a newspaper and read through local items and just talk about uh, what the headlines are today. Part of the experiment that we're doing at St. Francis Herald is developing a a new conversation around local journalism and encouraging anybody and everybody to contribute to the local uh, story, the local conversation, and and how things get talked about and how things get shared in this community. So, I'm going to take a break and walk down the street. On this beautiful day, I've got about four blocks to go to where the old Farmington Press, not, it wasn't the old Farmington Press office, but the most recent Farmington Press office that's now closed, uh, but they still have, up the street a little bit, they still have a a little dispenser to buy newspapers out of. So I've never actually bought one out of there. I've frequently gone down and kind of looked at them. I might have bought one out of there years ago, but I'm going to buy one today and uh, then come back and give it a skim. And then jump back on here and talk a little bit about what I'm reading and um, what I'm thinking. So I'll see you guys in a bit. So first couple notes here, I've already thrown out uh, the sports page, which is a bunch of local scores and then a lot of kind of ap reprinted uh you know around the the majors type scores uh the local sports uh scores i think that's interesting to have local sports covered um so i i think there's some sort of function there but uh i don't know who's really like living and dying based on some of those scores so it's interesting that in this like time of like uh national turmoil you know we we still keep we still keep that kind of stuff going you know we'll close all sorts of stuff down but we keep our sports scores rolling through it reminds me of the time during the uh early covid when there were no sports to report and and guys quit watching espn um so all right so on the uh so on the front page there's some crazy the, the top you know the top item is is some crazy crime that occurred uh... So felony charges against somebody The the headline is man pinned under car in assault um, so something that happened it looks like in the washington county area the man told police that he was pinned to the ground after the jack was pulled and sadly continued his assault with a wooden dowel rod according to the statement the alleged victim reportedly recalled being hit up to two times the report states that police were able to document injuries from the back of the man's head and right shoulder blade. This incident was allegedly witnessed by three other individuals present at the time. It sounds like a real shit show over here in Washington County. I don't know exactly what's going on. James, James Robert Lake, a 31 year old with a pretty rough mugshot, uh, was uh, a was, was second degree assault, according to probable cause, from Washington County. <sighs> so somebody was trying to disconnect a trans. Move a disconnected transmission into place. <laughs> this guy pulled the jack and uh, caused the car to fall on the other man, which is a crazy story. And there's got to be more to that, but you know this is all we get on the front page, right beneath the Happy Labor Day uh, sign here, um, on the cover of the Daily Journal. All right, so then moving right along, there's a picture of some kids for the the Labor Day picnic uh, that's underway, and it looks like a looks like a version of country days i guess that's deluge thing i i know there's a lot of people that that uh, do the labor day picnic i talked to uh lee asher yesterday who's definitely going to be involved with the labor day picnic um and uh so so then at the bottom of this page we have a uh, the reason for labor day um and and it's sarah House writes a story talking to uh talking about the uh, union's history she cites the History Channel website, um, which I think is kind of a funny thing to cite. Uh, but, let's see, I'm opening it up because there's just really not much to sink your teeth into here. It looks like uh, Missouri Department of Corrections heavy recruiting helping MoDoc. So, actually, the uh, Department of Corrections has come into our coffee shop and asked to hang things up uh, regarding, you know, job openings and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it says right here, for the past several months, it has not been uncommon to see recruiters for DOC in the area, gas stations, restaurants, and stores promoting jobs at Eastern Reception, Diagnostic, which is, uh, I don't know, that's that's Bontair and then Farmington Correctional, and then Potosi Correctional. Which, yeah, I think it's real hard to, to find people to do any kind of work here. Alright, so we're moving right along. We've got a reprint from St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which, of course, the Post-Dispatch is also owned by the same company that owns Daily Journal um, Lee Enterprises I believe and so I guess they get a pretty easy reprint kind of policy there so page two it looks like we've got uh, it looks like we got a story out of uh, uh, my cat's playing with the discarded sports page he's apparently in- interested in that um, and so it looks like we've got something from a, uh, a national story on the second page here Associated Press story, a couple continuations from page one. Uh, We have a little Daily Journal membership explanation. The Today in History piece is pretty interesting, but it's actually, it looks like national and international news. So, all right, so page two, not a lot to sink your teeth into. There's a St. Louis Post Dispatch article about the monkeypox cases climbing in Missouri as officials scramble to get vaccine to those at risk. We only have so much vaccine to go around. Braxton's is the last, looks like the last uh, paragraph here. So we have to take care of those at highest risk first. I know a lot of organizations and health departments are doing their best they can with what the number of vaccines they were given. Um, yeah, so it looks like we got a monkey pox on page A3 here and some Farmington pups and then a little community calendar. What do we got going on the community calendar? Some Operation Christmas Child, some golf tournaments, the 40-year FHS class reunion, you know, little community things, a little bit of advertising there. Alright, so moving right along, what other local items do we have in here? I see the obituaries, uh, and uh, that's definitely not local. The Deer Abbey is definitely not local. When victim becomes a bully, that's not local okay what the heck is this? Vegas Strip's first magician celebrates 100th birthday. He gets an entire page in the entertainment humongous picture on A5 here. They must have been reaching to fill this paper. Let's keep going see if there's anything else local. Uh, Okay the most expensive gas in the US. Alright so there's like a roundup here from some national guy okay the opinion looks like we've got Teresa Russell as the editor of the daily journal and that's listed at the top of the opinions and then you move right down the page and it looks like there's no local opinions on A7 nothing local on A7 okay A8 nation and world so that's not going to be thing local Uh, A9 we have got the week in review also nothing local turning the page to the moon not local okay teachers life changed by stint and marines okay this is a kevin jenkins story so this we got some local stuff here um dan barzowski says there's three reasons why he's alive the marine corps his wife and his mother he spent most of his 27 years at arcadia valley high school teaching government and american history sounds like a pretty cool guy good story kevin this looks really great. Kevin's a, a good guy. He's come in and done some stories on the coffee shop in the past. Alright, that looks like it might be the last local thing we have in this entire paper. I'm turning the page before they were present. Tune into time. I just I just don't get these uh, national things. Alright, we've got some some Tribune News Service uh, recipe. We can't even get anyone local to uh, to give us a dang recipe to publish in our paper. but. Yeah, so the final page is a bunch of recipes by Nobody Local. The back page is Do You Know CPR? And nothing local. So, all right. That was actually a waste of $3.27. I made it through the whole paper in about eight minutes. um, With very little to show for it. So, I don't know if this is going to be a real short show. uh, Because there's just nothing local and I'm not going to pop the sports page open, and try to talk meaningfully about, you know, how the volleyball team at North County is holding up this year. I just don't care, and I don't know that people should care, other than, you know, the parents of the volleyball players, which I hope they're having a great season so far. Um, yeah, so I guess this does kind of prove a little bit of a point, uh, around what the hell are we talking about locally. Uh, we've had a lot of newspapers come and go in this town, and uh, maybe there was a few moments in the in the sort of Facebook, kind of, when, when we weren't maybe so jaded by social media that we thought, oh, okay, we can share information with one another that's fairly reliable and meaningful and gives a good sense of, uh, a good frame for life in our small town, because I think that's what a you know local news media organizations should should be thinking about is uh... Is, is how to make sure folks uh... feel like they're part of something here feel like they're building something together and uh... i think that's why i like hanging out with people who are building things and making things and selling things uh... there's a natural momentum to actually producing uh, and, I, and so what I see in the, in the whole newspaper, and it, it's just wild to me that this really truly is our only newspaper in this area, um, which is probably a, a pretty unique situation. It, it seems like we tend to have this idea that society is progressing, and yet we find out that, you know, we've declined in the amount of newspapers, and I, I think in the quality of newspapers. If I... I found an archive site that goes back to uh, I think it goes up to 1924 for this particular paper, the Farmington uh, Herald, which was a which was came from the combination of the uh, wait it was the Farmington Times so came from a combination of the St Francis Herald uh, and the the Farmington Times they merged uh, so it was the St Francis Times and Herald I think for a while and then. And then either the Farmington Times or something. Um, uh, so uh, that you can look at those newspapers on a on an archive website. That's um, you can find on Google. But and you see that there's a there's really a ton of local content, and uh, I guess part of that was because it was maybe more difficult. There was a little less bandwidth coming in from national stories, so. I think that's an interesting factor, Um, but really, you know, I'm a bit of an idealist, but it does seem like we should have more options and better quality journalism as time passes, uh, as opposed to feeling like our town is sort of slipping into the dark ages uh, in terms of, of not really having access to meaningful, local, produced and locally focused content because there's just so much going on in these towns and there's there's stuff that uh... i I think uh... you know municipal leaders should be getting phone calls just about every day from journalists uh... who are asking questions probing questions good questions about you know policies and initiatives i do think there is this element that most of our government leaders operate unchecked um, in these towns uh in st francis county um, and and i i think i'm basing this on having attended a few meetings and watched the different times when city leaders tried to smash stuff through with, with without the goodwill of citizens in mind really um, yeah it, it's it's sort of one of the th- those things you have to sort of see happen in real time to to believe uh, because you would just think oh Folks are just going to do the best they can, but there are these interesting times where incentives align in a certain way for politicians to be politicians, and uh, they'll they'll sell people out uh, fairly quickly. So, and and that's a judgment that I think everybody has to make on their own, and that's why I do encourage people to go to meetings, go to to a local municipal court, uh, you know, the the monthly municipal court night in different towns is really fascinating i grew up going to those because my dad was a prosecutor in a couple of small towns around here and so uh, it was something that was uh, interesting for me to think about and to to watch happen and uh, ultimately not that encouraging to to watch happen um, because what you find is that a lot of the folks who sustain the economics of those types of systems are, are folks that, that don't have the money to pay for it. So you do end up with uh, with a lot of folks in poverty who who, who just end up uh, stacking, you know, uh, court fees and warrants uh, because they just don't have the money to pay or the or whatever. So, um, and, and typically, you know, it, that'd be one thing if, if every single ticket written by every single municipality was a meaningful um you know ticket but i think what you end up with is is not that you end up with a lot of nuisance violations um uh, like your weeds have grown too big or you have a, a truck that doesn't have the right tags on it sitting in your yard or whatever it is and uh and that's not really that's not really crimes that matter deeply to uh, to to neighbors and communities uh all the time i, I mean there's there's sort of a um, there's a broken windows sort of theory that is, uh, if you fix the broken windows, if you, if you basically punish small infractions, you, you'll sort of deter this, uh, you know, you'll, you will make the community better by, by stacking up all these small infractions. But I think in practice that has typically not played out super well. Um, so yeah, uh, this is, I'm still just kind of moving right along with a, uh, with an overview of, of what I think about local journalism as, as somebody who's experimented a little bit, who's kind of fallen off the wagon with uh, getting out uh, some printed news pamphlets that I was making earlier this summer. And uh, so this is sort of a... This, this audio zine is an attempt to get back at uh, the flow of talking and discussing local journalism because I think it's not that hard to participate in local journalism, particularly... In uh, 2022, when we have a, a, a ton of tools at our disposal, um, I, I think, again, I'm an idealist, but I think anyone has the ability to spin up a small newsroom in their bedroom if they wanted to. Um, I, I think there's ways to do it wrong, and I think that's happened in St. Francis County, and, and I think I've been a part of that for sure to an extent, too, where you sort of get caught in the hype cycles of social media and you can get a lot of attention doing goofy stuff or talking about goofy local issues or your angle on some local issue and uh, getting some traction and some attention. And, and I do think it's, it's fun to play and it's probably ultimately... It's probably a good thing for people to participate even if it's if it's uh, clownishly, you know? Even if you're just, just messing around. Um, but... Uh, Uh, what I tell, sorry my cat's freaking out again on these newspapers Uh, but I think that I'm forcing myself to move away from that and and part of that is because there is this uh, uh, incoming election and I want to give people an opportunity to get to know how the libertarians are thinking about things and approaching things and I don't, not everything's a joke I mean there's some some reality uh, that can that can happen really suddenly um there's some things that could happen that would give people a lot of hope that they are that they have some some power as a citizen that they have some freedom that you know they don't have to participate in the in the old system that has you know led us to where we are i was talking to a former lobbyist yesterday and uh and he was explaining to me how unrecognizable politics is, even from five years ago. And this was a guy who worked a lot on the state level. Um, and, 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 and I said, hey, will you, can we sit down and, and talk about you know, my campaign and, and what I'm thinking about? And he said, yeah, but I don't know what I can really offer you. Things are just changing so, so rapidly. And I said, I asked him, Had you ever, have you ever seen anything this extreme? in terms of, you know, political shifts and, and pendulum swings and whatnot. And and his comment was, we thought that the Tea Party was pretty extreme. And this, uh, the Tea Party, the whole Tea Party moment just pales in comparison to to what we're seeing in, in politics in 2022. And so, personally, I feel disconnected. I've kind of gone internal and... Uh, I've I don't care as much about what what's happening nationally or or even at a state level. Although state level does greatly affect me, so I really need to to brush up and and uh, get sharp on what's happening in Missouri at the state level. Um, so I, I think that's uh, I think that is probably meaningful. Although again. I've always said Farmington's the center of the universe, so I think that what's happening here is as important to me as as anything. Uh, in fact, I think it's all more important to me what's going on in our uh, county commission meeting. Even though, if you go sit through some county commission meetings, they uh, they seem pretty uh, pretty meaningless. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of times where the meeting can get over in about eight or nine minutes, and you're know, you you're really scraping the barrel to, to talk about anything else and, and no one's pushing anybody and the public commentary is, is typically all clarification. Although, if you talk to folks who are, who are involved in that and have maybe been to an exciting meeting, they'll act like, oh, folks will just get up and stir shit up. But I've just not seen that to be the case and, and I've gone to, to a good number of meetings. Um, uh, although, I'm sure... You know that one wild meeting that gets a little out of hand is pretty impactful and will stick with somebody for a while. Uh, I I tend to think that not much, not much really happens. Not a lot is really uh, fought out in those contexts, And, and maybe that's a good sign. Maybe that, maybe that means, oh hey, we're not. We know how to get along with one another. We, we've got a good small town kind of communication style, and everybody can get along, but. But sometimes you do sense that there's a lot going on under the surface, and there's maybe a lot unspoken. And and maybe if there were some folks there who could uh, press the right buttons, they could get some uh, some real truth out of out of people who would rather not share so much. And and I think maybe this is the insidious thing: it's just um, I don't know. It's really hard to pinpoint. Uh, it's really hard to pinpoint what we're so frustrated by and why we want to change things so much um, although maybe it's hard to pinpoint because it, it tends to be so obvious uh, there's, a, there's a clear continuation here of, of politics becoming available to, to less and less uh, folks um, you know, Trump certainly reversed some of that thinking and, and made it, in my head at least, feel like, okay, well People from the outside can can maybe get in and start stirring things up, um, and that's the best construction of Trump I've I've probably ever given the guy. Um, but if I if I leave it right there, um, yeah. So I think it, we are living through this this crazy moment in politics that we should uh, we should all be awake for, and and perhaps this is a is a call to to anybody who's, who doesn't have anything to do on a Thursday night, and they can maybe make it over to a Farmington municipal meeting and create some level of accountability, um, a phrase that Ryan and I have talked about a lot since we've, since we've started kicking around, uh, what it would look like if young people got more involved in, uh, government and politics and leadership in general, um, that phrase is government surveillance, uh, We think we invented it, but I'm sure it is a ton more. Um, They're asking me if I want the eggshells. We're composting downstairs, so I have to let them know. Yes, I want the eggshells. Yes, but please wash them. so we're getting the eggshells guys don't worry we've got the compost situation figured out we're making some good compost out there we're growing some good plants out there right and that's more important than any the best government surveillance is planting a tree Um, that's probably not true but it does seem like planting a tree can help a lot of other things so maybe think about planting a tree Um, a guy this morning asked we were joking about how fast time goes He said, man, I just got to figure out ways to slow it down. And I said, dude, plant a tree. So that's kind of my catch-all advice for anything right now. It reminds me of an apocryphal Martin Luther story where he's sitting in front of a panel of, uh, I don't know, clergy or something. And they're grilling him. And they say, what would you do if you knew for absolute certain that the world was ending tomorrow? And he said, I would plant a tree. And I think there is some real defiance in planting a tree. And, and even when I plant trees here uh, on our property in downtown, it does feel like, man, property changes hands a lot in downtown. Uh, or, you know, commercial property just in general tends to sort of be hard to, to keep control of, maybe in the family or whatever. Uh, if you just think about over decades long time, uh, it's, it's easier to imagine, you know, our family's house stays uh, under our family's control and so if we're trying to plant a tree uh, we can make sure that tree is still grown in twenty or thirty years as long as there's no disease problems or whatever but when you think about commercial property it's kind of like man we've we've got to really think deeply about how we're going to make sure these trees are still grown in twenty years uh... we didn't uh, to to hopefully we don't have to lob off uh... a chunk of our property and, and watch the the trees we plant get cut down and something else built i mean there are certain things being built that it wouldn't be so bad to see, but you hate to see a good tree go. We had to watch them cut down this black walnut tree that was on the property next to us that used to provide the shadow for the rock shows that I went to in in the early 2000s on Bobarino's patio. And uh, so, you know, to sit and watch that get chunked down piece by piece, I saved as much of it as I could, and I gave it to my friends who are woodworkers and they've given me some really cool things back. And so it's, it's really cool to, uh, to see some of that used, but it's also really sad to see the, you know, 15 freaking squirrels that lived upstairs, uh, up in the top of that tree, uh, have, have to find a new place. And I haven't seen those squirrels since, but I've seen some bunny rabbits on the block. And so that's given me a little bit of hope that maybe we can, uh, turn this thing around a bit and, uh, get some, get some life back and some green back and some, you know, some hope back. So I guess that's, uh, that's about it for me. I'm going to try to, to bust out, uh, some, some 30 minute stories here and there, uh, to talk about what, what the hell the, the daily journal is putting together for the week. And, um, and then, Some other things that we're putting together for the week, which kind of remains to be seen this week, what we get on the block. But but thank you for listening, and I hope you do come back and give us another listen in the future. This is Jacob Goff, editor of the St. Francis Herald, signing off.